Hello and welcome to another episode of the SAP Education Newscast. My name is Christoph Hafner. I'm moderating this uh, newscast, this podcast, and today we are in English again because our guest is um, English-speaking as well. So we switched to English again. We did this a couple of times already, and it worked quite well. And with us is um, yeah, my co-moderator of this podcast, Thomas Jennewein. Hello, Thomas. Hi, everyone. Hi, Christoph. Hi. And we have Greg Schmehil today as our guest. Welcome. Hi. How? Hey, thanks for having me. Great to have you here. And um, yeah, for all those who want to get in touch with us, um, uh, a little reminder at the beginning, you can uh, approach us and contact us on Twitter under, uh, at podcastmaschine. Um, that's little bit of a stupid uh, Twitter name, but we, we invented this one uh, a couple of years ago when we did our first steps with podcasting. So there is a little history behind which you can hear in episode number 42. Um, so let's maybe start. Craig, you are yeah, at SAP responsible for the SAP community. You are there since quite some years in this uh, corner. And the SAP community, formerly known as the SCN, SAP Community Network, or SDN, the SAP Developer Network, and as I just learned, some other names were there before, but today it's the SAP Community. So, but maybe, Craig, could you introduce yourself a little bit? So what, and explain us what was your journey so far at SAP and also outside SAP? Okay. Um, well, Craig Schmail, as, as you as you mentioned, and um, if I go back in time, uh, for me, development was a very early activity. Um, I started doing computer development, uh, application development, at a very very young age. Um, as in, before my teenage years, I was actually doing this. Uh, it's just something that I've always been fascinated by always got involved with so over the years I've managed to move around quite a bit and tried a lot of different things and there's been one underlying theme in a lot of the activities that I've always done and there's always been some sort of a community facet to to my learning and my education in the in the worlds of computers um, my first community foray started in the bulletin board system days I used to run my own telguard uh, bulletin board system uh, back in Oh, gosh, I think it was 88, 89, uh, managed to convince my parents to let me have a second phone line in the house just for that. So community has always been something near and dear to me, and it's always been something that I've found extremely useful to learn um, and a really great way to learn, especially when, you, when you're trying to learn things and you may be living in an area that's a little bit more remote so you don't have full access to the information. Now with the days of the Internet, that's changed quite a bit. But back then, it was the way it was. Um, so when I started in the enterprise space, I was doing application development, and I moved into the SAP space around about 2003, 2004, right? Mm -hmm. And I honestly had no idea what SAP was, let alone that SAP was an acronym for something. Um, but as luck would have it, SAP had just launched their first SAP, I think it was called the SAP Network, and then they changed it to the Developer Network um, at the time. And I was able to 
you know, go into a, a very comfortable, familiar environment and start asking questions and, and really just getting help. And it was uh, people in the community that I'm still friends with today that helped me, you know, figure out what it was that I was doing in this world called SAP um, and how a PHP developer or JSP developer could switch into, you know, the world of ABOP and, and NetWeaver and everything at the time. Um, and as luck would have it, I was offered a position at SAP, uh, specifically a couple of years later in 2005 for community evangelism. So I, I fell in right at home and um, I came on board at SAP in 2005 doing just that. So my, my entire focus, my entire job role for the next five years was focused on community and in particular the SDN, which later then was SDN plus BPX, which was the business process expert, which then transformed the environment into the SAP community network or SCN. Um, at that point, I decided I wanted to explore more of SAP. Um, I took roles in marketing and global communications. I worked with the SAP blogger relations program, uh, met a lot of analysts, got to know a lot of the, the outside blogging world um, from that. And then I moved into technology strategy. Um, and then I actually left SAP for a short period, uh, trying my hand at a startup. Uh, which was quite exciting and quite interesting, um, but ultimately found my way back to SAP um, where I did developer evangelism. And then in 2018, uh, the topic of community and the community influencer programs like the SAP Mentors, um, it was decided that it would be brought back together again, but under the product side. And that's where our organization stepped in. We, we adopted those two topics into the developer relations category, and my boss at the time, uh, Thomas Grossley, decided at the time, what we need to do is we need to bring the mentors and the technology ambassadors and the community and all this stuff back together again. And I was given the opportunity to step in as the team lead for that and ultimately found myself coming full circle inside of SAP, um, really excited for the future um, and what we might be able to do. Cool. Sounds very interesting, uh, yeah. correct? So, so how did the community involve, let's say, also from the purpose or goals? I, I understand in the beginning it was more bringing developers together to to grow the ecosystem. I think now it's uh, it has it has a lot of other facets. Or so can you? Yeah, it's 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 been a crazy ride. Um, mm. When when I first started with the community. Um, in 2003, the sole purpose of it was to focus on this whole concept of NetWeaver and the Java stack and helping people get answers. Um, and it was later dis determined that at the time, I, I, some people probably listening might remember, there was one forum for ABAP, right? Just one. Mm. And as the existing ecosystem together with the new ones coming in started to realize how much of a role ABAP plays still played and will play in the future uh, was there. We ended up finding, as when I came on board, we, we took hard looks at the ABAP world and we said, um, it's one of the most active areas. And we ended up splitting it into five separate forums for ABAP. And that was when SAP really, you know, that's when they really decided, oh, wow, there's a lot of value in this concept of community for helping our customers and our partners and, and everybody get answers to the questions they're having. Because, you know, when you look at our an environment like SAP, 
you can do a lot of different things with it and a lot of different setups. Your landscape can look dramatically different from, from one location to the other. Um, and then add in the current day with the multi, multi-cloud multi strategy and the hyperscalers and all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, it's like, there's it, is it really possible for us as a company to know all of the different combinations out there? But Or should we encourage and continue to make available this opportunity for people to share and exchange that knowledge themselves. And so the underlying theme or goal of the community, I don't think it's changed from 2003 to now. I think we're still on that same path. Our goal is to make an environment available that people can share knowledge and get help, right? That's mm-hmm. the underlying theme. That's the underlying goal. Now, there's been a lot of things that have happened over the years on the, t- on the sidelines. Some have taken a higher precedent or, or higher profile than others. Some have kind of drifted away. Um, the one thing I've always loved about SAP and, and our community is we're not afraid to try something. And we're not afraid to say that didn't work and we need to try something else now. Um, you know, the first 10 years of the community's life, I think we tried everything you could possibly think of, made tons of mistakes along the way, and learned a million things from it, and were able to do, start doing some really cool stuff. Do we have a perfect environment right now? Absolutely not. Um, we certainly don't. We know it. We understand it. We admit it. We accept it. And we're working towards finding a better way. But I think from, from the original purpose in 2003 to now, the same motivation is there. Exchange knowledge, get help. That's our focus. That's our primary driving force. What's primarily different today than it was maybe two, three years ago, though, is that we're not isolating or limiting ourselves to the online environment, right? The fact that you know we're doing a podcast here that's not actually on the community environment, right? It's it's these inside track events. It's the SAP Stomptishes that are happening. It's the TechEd event or the Sapphire event. It's all of these other things that are happening where our community is active. You know, we want to embrace all of that. We, we want to work together with the user groups to make sure users are, are finding out and getting to know the information that's available to them, regardless of where their primary focus is. Um, you know, somebody could be, you know, their primary focus is ASAP. That's fine. I want to be able to surface that information in case they missed it somewhere else. I'm one more place for them to find that information and, and get to the, the information they need to get help. So so it's about finding the right way to collaborate and work together with all of these different disconnected community elements that are happening around the world. Yeah, so it's I much think more than a technical platform, right? And exactly. so where do you see the main elements? I think the SubMentors program, you mentioned that. It's, I don't know if everyone knows it. I think that's also interesting, let's say, program next to all the events where you bring people together to exchange knowledge and get help. Absolutely. So, um, if I look at if I look at the main elements, if I look at it from an online perspective, we have our our Q and A environment, our questions and answers. I have a error with this. I have a problem with this. Go get an answer. Right. We have that. We have our blogging environment, so our blog platform uh, where people can share blog posts about all of their experiences, whether it's business trends, personal insights, technical content, um, event related, or whatever. So we have categories and, and tags where you can really find to be able to filter out to the content that you're most interested in. Um, but then 
we have our community influencer program. So the SAP Mentors is one. It's probably the most well-known one. It started back in late 2006 together with the the RIGS uh, Net Promoter Program. And over the years, it's gone. It's gone. It's had some fluctuations in how it's been focused. But the primary focus right now, since since last year, 2018, has been to focus on the concept that SAP mentors mentor SAP. It's about SAP mentors providing guidance and feedback on SAP technology and strategy. These are often um, behind closed doors. They're under NDA. It's very open and frank conversations. And the whole idea behind it is to help make SAP better with real world outside in view. Um, We have our SAP technology ambassadors. These are SAP employees um, who work with various different areas of SAP, but they're highly motivated and driven to go out and share, right? It's not their job. Their job is not per se to to be an evangelist or something like that, but they're they, they do this because they're self-motivated. Those individuals we highlight and promote through, via our technology ambassador program in order to give them additional opportunities because they're so highly motivated and, and excited for what they're out there sharing. It could be somebody from global support or even from internal SAP IT, but because they use the same tools that our customers and partners are using, they love to get out there and share the cool things they've learned with it, right? So it could be somebody from SAP IT who's done some really amazing stuff with Fiori, um, the Fiori Launchpad, or the Fiori methodologies, or even just SAP UI5, or one of the the mobile SDKs, and they go out and they talk about it. Why? Because they know about it, because they use it, but it's not really their job. So we like to to also promote and, and help to encourage those activities. Then we have, from the mentor side, we have what we refer to as the alumni program. Now, the majority of those in the alumni program have left, and they're probably never going to come back because they, they've changed jobs, they've changed roles, life has moved on, something like that. But we have some who are actually in the alumni program on sabbatical, right? So they've, they've mm-hmm. taken a leave, they, they needed a break, um, their job role has changed, or they've moved companies, and they need to focus on the, the new stuff right now. But then after six months, 12 months, you know, whatever it happens to be, the their seats waiting for them. They're able to come back into the program. So so that's another big change in the program. The alumni program used to be kind of you went in and that was it. We've now made the alteration that, you know, starting in 2018, if you took a step out, you know, volunteered to, to take a step out, take a break from the program, you're able to come back as well. Um, and then the newest program that we just launched, we've been very quiet about it. We haven't done a lot about it. It's called the SAP Champions. Um, And it's called the SAP Champions because we want to be very, very inclusive, right? So it's not just about the SAP community, this online platform. It's about all aspects of SAP. And it's it's targeting at our customers and our partners and the independents out there who are actually driven and motivated to help build community, right? So it's not, not necessarily that they have to be a product expert, but they have to be somebody who is motivated to get out there and encourage other people to take the chance, right? So we have a call, you know, going on for TechEd for the for community sessions, right? So 
we expect our S&P champions to be the people that are kind of in the background pushing a little bit and saying, that session you did at that uh, inside track was really, really cool. I highly recommend you submit it there. Or, hey, I saw you at the ASA chapter meeting and you gave this talk. I think that was brilliant. You should submit it there for TechEd too, right? So it's about encouraging others to step forward and not be afraid to take that chance. So those are the four primary ones that we have. Then we have ones that are specific to the community itself, like our advisory board or the reputation advisory board. These are groups that are helping us uh, keep our our feet grounded and make sure that we're making choices and strategic decisions that are of the most benefit. Yeah, cool. So um, this sounds really like a quite a complex network of, of different activities and, and many people involved from SAP and from this overall ecosystem. Um, how can we imagine so how many people are involved there overall in the SAP community? Do, do we talk about a couple of hundred, a couple of thousands people or even a million people? So for, for the ones who have no idea how large this community finally is, um, can you um, let us have an insight into that? Absolutely. In fact, um, one of the things that we did last year was in order to be very transparent, we actually put it up onto the homepage itself. So if you go to community.sap.com, you'll actually see it. We're at around 2.8 million active users per month. Mm -hmm. So 2.8 million active That's users impressive. per month. <laughs> It's, um, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, active, active. Yeah, that's the key, active. Yeah. Um, you know, if I also just started to count just general, you know, visits to the website or something like that, the numbers just get crazy. Um, so we we actually were very selective about the numbers. You know, it's like 108,000 or 110,000 blog posts and and 900 or something thousand uh, questions with with answers, right? Um, so. The, the craziest thing for me is when I when I sit back and I get reports daily and I look at the numbers and I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to begin with this number, right? You know, if I look at just logins and traffic-wise, um, I'm just – I'm absolutely impressed with our SAP IT group who is helping with the platform, you know, that, that this all runs on because we get a massive amount of traffic. Um, I, I would be – you know, hard pressed to, to look at these numbers and not just sit back and go respect, right? Our platform runs, it's stable. Um, you know, every once in a while we'll have a hiccup here and there, but you know, for the most part, you don't notice if there's a problem. They've got a lot of failovers, they got a lot of things. If there is a problem, it's usually pretty darn big. Um, so much respect to SAP IT for, for providing, um, you know, a platform that, that connects independent pieces. So the blog system that we use, for example, is, is based on WordPress, and the Q&A system is based on uh, a product called AnswerHub. Um, and they've connected these together with a profile sitting in the middle, with notifications sitting in the middle, and they've connected all of this stuff together. So, um, you know, like I said, we, we've We're still working. You know, we've still got to make some changes, got to make some adjustments. We've got a long roadmap ahead of us of things that we want to add in. And, and the community is constantly giving us new feedback and, and new suggestions. So um, we're trying to take everything into consideration, uh, but also keeping in mind that, you know, one change 
over there in that corner could literally affect something over on the other side. So, so we are a little bit slower than, than somebody might expect for a large software company in terms of delivering. But when you look at the amount of traffic that we have of just people visiting and, work, and working on the site, not, include, not, not even thinking about just the active users, but just that overall – I prefer them to go slower and take their time and make sure we don't have, you know, a catastrophic, you know, bug throughout every every aspect. Um, you know, it's a massive amount of traffic. I every every day when I see the number, I'm just like, I it's just wow, right? It's huge. And then so I tend to focus just on the active number because honestly, 2.8 million a month is a little bit easier to 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 conceptualize than the other numbers, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, so I think wikis is also something what you have, uh, some overview pages or topic pages, of oh. course, ga gamification is also something what you drive since years. So, so what else uh, does the so. community... We have the we have the wiki like you mentioned. We have um, we have our general resource pages. We use social media channels like YouTube for videos and things like that. Um, then we have the gamification system with badges and all of that that are in there. A lot of cool stuff in there. A lot of great fun opportunities for people as well. A few Easter eggs. Consider that um, that you know it might be a, a certain day of the month that a badge is available. Um, so you. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's just a little, little, little things that we've tried to bury in there to keep people, you know, on their toes and, and uh, surprised. Um, we've got archives um, of archive documents, current documents, the topic pages. Topic pages are, are something really big that we've we've added in. Um, they are designed around uh, almost like curated topic page. So if you're interested in ABOP, there's a page for ABOP where you can get all the links and everything that you need um, to where you can go straight to it. Um, if you're somebody who's just in the Q&A environment and that's where you want to live and breathe, we have tags associated with the different topics. So I could just be following the ABOP development tag and go straight to that and see everything new that's coming in and everything like that. Um, filters. Uh, we put filters on a lot of stuff so people can actually uh, filter out and say, show me the questions that have no response whatsoever. Show me the ones that have you know, answered, but they haven't been accepted yet. Show me the ones that have accepted answers. Um, and we're adding in there. So we also do an option uh, for closing. So we're going to add in there that you can actually filter out the closed ones, right? Because if it's closed, that means the person who asked it is no longer interested in hearing any additional feedback. They have their problem solved. So what we want to do is filter, be able to filter, uh, put that filter in. You can try and say, okay, don't show me those and, and help to speed up your time to find things to work on or, or even um, – You know, if you're searching and you have a problem and you come across something that's quite similar to what you're experiencing, we're going to put in there the ability for you to mark it as, hey, I have that problem too. And that way you can get notifications and updates when, when somebody's answering it or, or, or putting additional information in. So there's a lot of things that are coming, a lot of things that are being worked on. Uh, one of the coolest things um, is actually not even from us. The community started this. Um, so a few weeks ago, uh, there was a big push in the community. Uh, we have voting. You can upvote uh, questions or downvote questions, upvote answers or downvote answers. And what the community said was, we, hey, we should be using this feature um, to upvote questions 
And the reason is, is we do have a lot of individuals who show up at the community, they post their question, they get their answer, they walk away and they never come back, right? No judging, right? Not judging. Um, it, but it can be annoying for those people who are who are really putting the time in and be part of the community. Um, so they said, well, why don't we just upvote those, those answers that we feel are the most correct possible answer or the most probable answer? And so what we did is on our side, we said, hey, we're going to add a feature to automatically accept those if it hits a certain number of upvotes. But until then, until we get the feature added in, because we do want to watch the, the – the process a little bit longer to make sure we get the right number and number of votes and everything like that. And not that we, you know, have weird use cases where it doesn't apply or something like that. But uh, my team, what they're going to do is every every couple of weeks, they're going to go in and they're going to look at those questions that have five or more upvotes, and we're going to automatically accept that answer. And then that way, the original poster has the opportunity they can come back and say, no, that wasn't correct. And then they can reply again and, and say why it's not correct. Or... If they don't come back, the answer has been accepted, and at least the people that have dedicated their time to helping get some acknowledgement for that as well. So that was something the community did. Uh, that was Phil Cooley and uh, Nabi. Um, and I think that's just brilliant, right? I think mm -hmm. that's the types of things that make a community very vibrant is when the individuals themselves say, "How well, how can we help each other and not just wait, right? So that's very cool. And what do you think are the most uh, popular, let's say, uh, areas? It's, is it the blogs and the Q&A or uh, at least from the outside feeling or outside view? Or? It's, it's a hard one. Um, hmm. and, and the reason it's hard is because I don't believe that when I think about our community, I think mm. about it on multiple levels, right? Mm. When I think about our community, I think about everything from the online platform to the outside world. Then I, I can also think about the community from our just our online platform perspective, or I can think about it just from the blogging system or from the Q&A system or from the wiki or whatnot. I can actually – I try to compartmentalize each of these areas to figure out what can we do to help each area independently, right? And then, of course, once we, we figure that out, then we look at it from a, a larger perspective to make sure we're not causing a problem for one of the other areas. Um, Our Q&A environment has hundreds, hundreds of new questions being posted daily. Uh, the blog system, same thing. We have hundreds of posts a day as well. So um, it's hard to think because it's so large that is it all unique traffic to one versus the other, more than one or more than the other, or is it a mix? And it's really difficult to put my finger on it and – Do I think that one area is more popular than the other? I don't know. I mean, right now, our Q&A environment looks like it's the most popular, right, mm. with 2.4 million questions. However, that's 2.4 million questions going back years. That's, that goes back mm. to the beginning of time, where ours, our blog post system has 108,000. However, our blog post system is a little bit higher standard in terms of, you know, I have to put a little bit more effort in before I post something, whereas a Q&A, I can put in the, you know, some basic stuff. I got error code 403 trying to run my SAP cloud platform application uh, when it connects to the database, right? You know, it's kind of a standard error and, you know, done. But whereas a blog post is, you know, in-depth experience sharing, in which case, 
we're, we're certainly not going to see the same quantity in the blog system as we do in the Q&A system. So it's, it's a hard one. Maybe related to that one, one question concerning podcasts. As you mentioned, you also um, are working with podcasts as a format. Um, and I think it's quite different than, than blogs or, of course, Q&A. It's, it's, it's quite a different voice of a community that you can have uh, there. And as we are having a podcast session here as well, what's your, what are your thoughts or experiences with podcasting inside a community? Uh, it's, it's, it's probably one of my most favorite topics. Uh, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I'm a big fan of video, uh, video blogs as well. Um, and, you know, the community itself created its own podcast. It's called the Coffee Corner Radio. Uh, they actually came into the community and, you know, uh, did a little contest in the community to find the name for it as well. So um, I, I can see that when they do it very openly and very transparently and, you know, it's everybody's invited to it, everybody's invited to offer suggestions and everything, I think inside of a community environment, it works brilliantly, right? Um, and I, I, I truly, truly, you know, have massive respect for everybody that starts these things. I mean, you guys said you were on episode, what, 42 or 43? Um, yeah, if it's 43. 42, I'm totally psyched. That's an awesome number to be on. Um, if it's 43, it's even cool too. Um, <laughs> but the effort that goes into something like this is, is massive. And in order to also help all of you guys, what we've done is in the community, we've created a page to highlight some of the podcasts and video casts and things that are happening in the community right now. So, um, you know, at some point we need to get your guys's info and make sure we put it online and everything like that as well. And, you know, just make sure that everybody's aware of all of the different channels that are, are putting information out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, yeah, podcasts have a huge potential. And it's really exciting to hear from you how this can can work in such a large community where you already have a, a huge potential audience, um, where you can really broadcast into and get um, immediate feedback. So this sounds really very exciting. Um, maybe You also have, as, as we, we should also move to the second big topic um, that we want to talk about, collaboration, communities and ecosystems in general. But first of all, um, might you have some tips for SAP customers, partners or, or freelancers, um, how they can get the most out of the community? Well, um, to be honest, we've actually created something new this year. Uh, we've created a tutorial for the community. Uh, there's two of them right now, two more are in the works. The first one is, we call it the tour of the SAP community, and it takes you through a lot of the basics, a lot of the beginning items, um, gets you introduced to the reputation system, because when you're done, you'll actually, if you've done all the steps properly, you'll actually end up with two badges in, the, in your profile. Um, and that's a great way to get you introduced to all the pieces. So that's the tour of the SAP community. It's a, just a simple tutorial, take you maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes. Then we have the second one, which is around the Q&A system. It's about how to write a better question. You know, what should you make sure that you include in your question and everything like that, um, you know, to get the most 
you know, probable answers or the, the most efficient way to get the answers fast um, type of thing. And then the next two that we're working on, the next one is blogging. Um, so it's about writing a blog post and, and, you know, the do's and don'ts and what you should include, what you should make sure you focus on and everything like that to, to get the best out of the opportunity, right? Because when you write something, you put the effort in, just like a podcast, you want people to listen to it or read it or whatnot. So we give you a lot of tips and tricks on how to do that. So those, those two that are there right now are probably the best ones. And then the blogging one that's coming out will be, you know, we'll add to that. And then to round it off completely, we go into a like the profile area about how you can most utilize your community profile um, to be able to keep track of all the different conversations and content that's flowing and everything like that that you're interested in. Cool. I think, yeah, that's a, a very good starting point to get into the community as quick as possible. Um, I mentioned this uh, second part or topic part we want to talk about um, is yeah, finally, the role of the SAP community in, in a broader sense. So um, John Hegel um, has mentioned um, SCN at that time as um, an, a very important booster for the SAP ecosystem um, yeah, in order to push scalable learning amongst the whole community. So the whole ecosystem like partners, customers, developers, freelancers, whoever is involved there. Um, where do you see exactly the role of the SAP community today in the SAP ecosystem that is also constantly growing? And I think there is more and more um, knowledge exchange needed. It's an interesting question. Um, and I think it's also based on your perspective. So if you're uh, the colleagues from, for example, learning.sap.com, it's our learning hub. It's a massive resource uh, for online learnings, open SAP. I mean, you guys are familiar with this one, of course. Um, and, you know, if I look at it from a pure educational perspective, the learning hub is probably that centerpiece that I'm looking at, right? Um, However, if I want to scale that into the broader community, then I have to move my way into SAP community and, and, and scale from there. Um, if I'm part of the support organization, you know, support dot or service or support.sap.com is this is kind of that center. And, and if I want to educate the users, I'm going to send them over to learning.sap.com. If I need to, you know, if I want to scale it out or, or people to exchange knowledge and experiences and things like that, then I'm going to go over to the community. Um, and if I, you know, if I'm looking at it from how can I provide a, a way for individuals to share their knowledge, get help from each other and things like this, um, it could be, you know, I mean, help is, is relative, right? It could be that I have a massive implementation problem, in which case community is probably not going to be my main focal point. Um, but it could be that I'm trying something new as a point proof of concept in my organization and I'm looking for other people that have done something similar, not that I'm trying to you know, hire a partner or another company to help me, just I'm looking for other view, viewpoints, in which case community is brilliant for that. Mm -hmm. um, if I look at it from, you know, how do I bridge the gap between different regions around the world, right? Well, you know, different regions have user groups. These are brilliant. These are wonderful things. But not everybody in a region may be part of a user group. And not every region has user groups potentially. So, how do I bridge that gap? In which case the community can always be there to help bridge the gap. 
um, the one thing that I've, you know, I've, I've stated on, on more than one occasion is I'm not trying to be competition to anybody, right? We're just here to help connect all the dots together. One question from, from my side, or uh, Thomas, do you want to step in? No, just go on. I think yeah. that this is cool. Um, I would be interested very much as well if you use any general models or theoretical frameworks um, um, or other approaches um, to further develop uh, the SAP community um, yeah, to, to broaden uh, the impact in the ecosystem or do you do, you do this more how to say hands-on um, based on the feedback that uh, resonates from the community um, or ideas as you mentioned in the beginning that you, you try things and look if they work, if they don't work you, you just don't do it anymore and if so you continue so what are your uh, approaches to further develop the community? Um, I wish I had a brilliant you know, academic answer for you <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I remember you know, last year there was a large conversation that got started about the The, the concept, the broken window concept or theory and, and things like this. And of course, if you research the broken window theory, and it means if you let one bad thing happen here and you don't stop it, then other bad things will happen as well. So if you, if you walk by a building every day and, and somebody throws a rock and breaks the window, eventually at the end of the, the week or the month, there'll be more windows broken, right? Since you never repaired the first one. So people mm -hmm. just assume. Yep. Um, now, interestingly enough, um, the the actual author of this theory actually has debunked his own theory years later um, and said that it's actually not necessarily the case anymore. So I really wish that I had some brilliant academic answer for this. But I'll be honest with you, we're, we're people like our own community members. And what we do is we listen and we debate and we do trial and error. We look for what makes the most common sense. Um, and in some cases, the community doesn't always agree with us. Um, we, there's, a, there's a thread that just got started today, common sense or question mark. And, and it's because the individual doesn't agree with something that our platform does. And it's for us, it's the way the platform works. And sometimes mm -hmm. there is that disagreement there. Uh, what I hope is that we can find a way to work around it or eventually there's enough you know, discussion around it that we can actually say, hmm, okay, makes sense to change that. You know, But honestly, we, we go step by step um, and we, we look to find the right way to help our audience, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not just some grand vision that we laid down the law two years ago or five years ago and we're just going to deliver till it's done um i've probably reprioritized our roadmap a dozen or more times in the past six months and and it's because something came in that was more compelling than something that was already there so we re reprioritize we don't remove things from the roadmap mm -hmm. um, but we do reprioritize to try to accommodate um But honestly, this community is driven by the audience, and it's by the general audience. So, you know, yes, we have groups like the SAP Mentors or something like that, but they're one voice. We have to look at multiple voices. And yeah. the difference between us and everybody else in the community is that we're in the position where we hear 
multiple voices, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you're having a really fun day, you can say, I have voices in my head, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Um, it, sometimes it feels like that because I'm on so many phone calls. I, I get on calls daily with people in the community from all over the world just to ask questions and, and just to see how they're doing or, or to see what they see different in the community or something like that. I probably I probably live on the phone and in chat programs more than anything else. Um, because I'm trying to get as much feedback as possible to try to make, you know, logical, educated decisions. And sometimes it works. Sometimes eh, it doesn't work too well. Yeah. Um, we just have to keep moving forward. But, um, you know, you can read. Uh, I've probably read, you know, 50 or so books on community or social, you know, parameters or, or social interactions, cultural diversity, um, you know, surprisingly, kids' books are brilliant for that type of stuff, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not really one master overall plan that, you know, we laid down years ago that we're following through. It's about living and understanding that technology and the way people use technology changes on a daily basis. So we have to make sure that we're flexible and versatile enough to keep up with it. So it's probably this iterative, more evolutionary approach, so that you just just develop uh, the whole, let's say, community or ecosystem or whatever you call it, that you develop it uh, uh, further. And I think one of the bigger changes I've seen lately, it's already some years ago, is that the community now is really integrated in SAP's digital experience. Yeah, that uh, there is no community, then you have sub.com, then you have something different. So or did, did I, from the outside, what, what, is this the right uh, thing? Also what you further try to uh, promote, uh, to integrate it more? Or? Uh, well, to be, on, to be honest with you, if you're on SAP.com and go to a product page, there's often mm. a tab for community. Mm. Um, but what we're finding more powerful and more useful is not so much a menu navigation where sap.com includes community or something like that what's more powerful is our efforts right now around this concept of the profile right Mm -hmm. so if you go into your profile not only do you see all your community stuff but you can also get to your learning.sap.com stuff as well and you know and if and if we can continue in that direction to where everyone has this one central place that tells them their whole world around SAP, right? And then they can easily get to what they want to get to. That's where I think the bigger value add is as opposed to menus and and things like that. Because honestly, when we talk about the community, we talk about community.sap.com, just like we talk about developers.sap.com. We very rarely talk about go to sap.com and click community, right? Because it's just not the norm. People are expecting to be able to go to a single URL to get where they want to go, right? Mm. And as long as we can make the effort at the technology level to make sure they have an integrated experience, then it's a different story. Mm. So what would be your, I don't know if we touched this a little little bit already, but what would be your references? Let's say if someone uh, wants to, let's say, grow his or her own community, of course. If you have a connection to SAP, you'll be part of uh, the SAP community. But do you have any blogs or you you mentioned the guided tours and everything and the videos, but let's say if you want to start your own community, 
perhaps even uh, for your company and more your industry, which is not SAP, that much SAP related. Uh, do you have any references like blogs? Okay, perhaps some names of the children books you mentioned or the podcasts. <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it. And there's mm. a lot of reasons to do it. I would always ask myself three things. Mm. One, what's my motivation? What do I actually, what am I trying to accomplish with this? Because creating a community for the sake of community doesn't really do anybody any good, right? So what am I actually trying to accomplish with this? Two, what do I actually want them to do in my community, right? Because that's going to tell you what types of feature functionality you need to look at, which is also going to then entail what type of platform or, or way that you do this. And, and the third and probably the most important item in all of this is use common sense, right? I've seen mm -hmm. it so many times. People have these brilliant, wonderful ideas, but they don't think about it from the everyday perspective, right? Every day, somebody is not going to generate a podcast. So a podcast platform as your community where everybody does this, uh, maybe not the best solution, right? Um, <laughs> if you're trying to get daily activity. Um, and I, you've seen this before, right? Um, there used to be these, uh, I think it was Odeo and, and other services out there that was all about this little micro podcasting. And the whole idea was somebody would record their little podcast, you know, five minute long and, and post one every day. Right? It doesn't really work for everybody, right? Um, yeah, sure. Somebody could do a podcast every day or a video on YouTube every day or something like that. Um, but the effort involved in doing something like that, somebody has to consider. And if you're there to help people, right, like SAP environment, you're helping customers and partners and independent get help, then, you know, asking them to spend five hours a day generating that content that they can post and be part of your community, probably not the best way to do things. So common sense always plays a plays a role in, in how we do these things. Um, and, and once you have those three items, you're, you're set on thinking about it from the end user perspective, right? Uh, two, you know why you're trying to do it. And you know what you want them to do once you once they start. Then you can go out there and there's a lot of different references out there. Uh, a lot of different uh, resources like Community Roundtable and things like that where they actually give best practices and guides and, and everything like that. But, but honestly – the one big factor that I see a lot of people end up having the biggest challenges with is because they didn't think about those three things first. Yeah. That maybe we are already a little bit over time, but I would have one final question related to that. As you um, mentioned it a couple of times um, in such a community, especially in such a huge community that is spread all over the world, um, what role does the, the personal exchange and meet persons and people in person on site on an event or on these Stammtische uh, you, you mentioned, um, how important is this personal real world exchange for such a community? Um, I, can, I can answer that from my personal perspective. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I think those are key points that without them, your community will only go so far. You limit your community by limiting them to an online environment. Um, when I think about games like Pokemon Go, right? Niantic came out, Pokemon Go, everybody loved it, everybody thought it was great. Um, 
then they added in this whole concept of friends in the game. And, you know, if, if I look, you know, my kids play it, I play it, you know, um, it's all about going out. It's about being outside. It's being outside, you know, in the sunshine, walking around. And it's about meeting other people. And so all of a sudden you get to know other people in your local community who are playing this game as well. And the idea behind this is, is if I think about it from an SAP perspective as well, if I'm sitting there. In, in like a little town that I live in, right? The, there's a couple of SAP customers close by, but the closest that I'm going to find uh, an SAP partner or, or something like that or somebody who's actually out moving around looking at different things may actually be 20, 30-minute drive away. Um, but yet, if I put out a call on Facebook in my local area and say, hey, I'm going to meet at this cafe. Anybody want to meet up? All of a sudden, 10 people join. And they're all people within a, in a short, a small radius of my little town. I'm the only employee from SAP in this little town, but yet 10, 20, 30 people, I think the largest group we had was like 50 people came together, right? Cool. And, yeah. and it's, it's people that had questions. And all of a sudden, I found myself in the position where I had the most recent updated knowledge because I happened to be the employee, but I got to hear firsthand from them their own experiences of working with the technology. And that's not something you can always do in an online environment. So me personally, I think these local groups are, are just a massive asset that I want to continue to encourage and I want to continue to drive. And it's one of the reasons why we've launched this new program in the community called the SAP Champions. It's to highlight and focus on those individuals who are driving those local engagements. Yeah, that's this really fits into the, the picture I have um, with podcasts where I know that ma many podcasts that are very successful are that's successful because the people who are running these podcasts um, or hosting them are really there um, and exchanging with the community. Anyway, um, I think we need to, to make a yeah, cut here. I think we, we still have uh, many things we could talk about. But anyway, uh, Craig, I would thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks so much. So we put some of the links in the show notes that exactly. people can find the community, perhaps uh, the uh, the different documents what you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, love to chat anytime. Thank All you. Right. And those so who want to contact us uh, via Twitter at Podcast Machine, it's the German spelling of machine. Um, podcast machine so don't hesitate to get in touch with us if you have questions or ideas or just feedback and yeah thomas craig thank you so much for being here and we should have um yeah another time another podcast together thank you <laughs> yeah thanks so much have a great day everyone Thanks. bye 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 thank you bye bye bye